good morning when we were studying chapter 5 of 1 corinthians if you remember in chapter 5 of 1 corinthians we had seen as how east in the bible often is an illustration of sin east is often an illustration of sin in scriptures i remember one of the mothers here coming to me later and saying how her child had a problem with her using yeast in preparing food why because we had heard in church that yeast represents sin you know at that age children are very trusting of what people say to them isn't that true that's why they believe that monsters live under their bed that's why they believe when you say the policeman will come if you don't eat your food or like in a few houses here joban uncle will come if you misbehave <laughs> you know it's a child like behavior to completely trust and believe without questioning it is a child like behavior to believe everything without questioning you know brothers and sisters this morning i want to remind us that jesus also encouraged child like behavior he did it is found in scriptures Jesus says Mark chapter 10 verses 14 to 15 let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these i tell you the truth anyone who will not receive the kingdom of god like a little child will not enter it now what did jesus mean well what jesus was trying to say was that god's kingdom can never be gained by human achievements it can never be gained by good works it can never be gained by your standing in society or family background it can only be received by the experience of the realization that i am personally not capable of salvation i am personally not capable of faith but by the work of the holy spirit i am a child that is willing to place his child like trust on Jesus's death on the cross for our sins it is to become very trustful to Jesus in Jesus believing in Jesus as your personal lord and savior this is the gospel and this will save you you know in regards to salvation Jesus encouraged childlike faith or, or let me say it like this only in relation to salvation Jesus encouraged childlike faith but once you have done that jesus desires that we grow in our faith you understand what i'm trying to say he wants us to grow in our faith now listen to me to be childlike in our faith is one thing but to remain a child in our faith is not encouraged in the scriptures you get that to re- to be childlike in your faith when you receive the lord jesus is what is encouraged but once you've accepted the lord jesus christ to remain a child in your faith is not encouraged or in other words once we are spiritually born god desires that we grow into maturity growth and maturity if i were to just read a couple of portions of scripture listen to the great apostle peter peter says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be glory both now and forevermore amen second peter 3 and verse 18 
to grow in the knowledge of the Lord because we have placed our faith and trust is what the Bible encourages us to do. Now listen to Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says, Ephesians 4 and verse 13, be built up until we all reach, sorry, be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, if you are listening carefully to the portion that Daniel read to you right now, and that's what I want to focus on today, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 11, Apostle Paul again says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. I put childish ways behind me. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind us this morning that we've been talking about spiritual gifts and the purpose of spiritual gifts in the church is to help develop the church into spiritual growth, into spiritual maturity. It is to help the believers to grow from the state of infancy all the way to adulthood. That is maturity. You know, Apostle Paul, if you read through the book of 1 Corinthians, he was not very pleased, was not very happy with the spiritual state of the believers at the, at the church at Corinth. Because if you go back in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1, look at what Apostle Paul says. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but morally mere infants in Christ. I cannot address to you as mature people because you haven't reached there. Not only that, some of you are happy in the state that you are in. You are supposed to be mature in Christ. I have shared the gospel. I have spoken to you the truth of God's word. But you do not seem to grow. Neither do you desire to grow. And therefore I cannot address you as adults. But it looks like I still need to talk to you as children. I want to talk about three important aspects that you see in 1 Corinthians 13. We had studied that portion in between, so I'm not going to go through those verses again. But there are three important things that I want to remind us from 1 Corinthians 13. If you could open your Bibles or if you already are, look along with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Number one, I want to remind us that love is a mature action. Love is a mature action. Love when it becomes a part of my action, shows maturity to the church. Listen to me as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. You can follow along with me. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Look at those three verses. You know, brothers, let me explain it. Brothers and sisters, let me explain it this way. Eloquence or speech was very much admired in the first century church. Not only in the first century church, but it was the same with the believers at Corinth. Eloquence was something that they liked. But it was not just the believers at Corinth. Don't you and I also admire that? Don't you and I admire people who can come in the front and eloquently talk, whether it be from the word of God or not. We can, we can attract people with the words that come out of our mouths. It was the same problem that was there at Corinth. 
You know, it's interesting, the writer of this apostle, uh, epistle, Apostle Paul, if you read through the New Testament, he was never known for his speeches. He was only known for his writings. Apostle Paul was never known for his preaching style. Like if, if he sat for a hermeneutics class, I think he would actually fail. He was not good. He was never known. The scripture says that. For example, if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 10, the word of God says, For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. It is worthless. Oh, he is so boring when he comes and he takes a sermon. You know, not only that, not only that, he also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 6, I may not be a trained speaker. I may not be somebody who can speak to you with eloquence. You know, believers, probably that's also the reason why the church at Corinth was fascinated with speaking in tongues. You remember Acts chapter 2? The supernatural ability to speak in a human language that was unknown to them. Probably that's why they desired it. The ability to stand and amaze people with words that come out of their mouth. But really, eloquence does not matter. The style of speaking does not matter. Because if I stand here and if I live and I serve and I minister in CBF without love, I am only making noise. True? I'm like a gong or a cymbal. And one thing that came to my mind when I was preparing this was that imagine if I were to stand here and imagine if I was talking to you and there was a cymbal that goes off behind me. Well, you won't be able to understand what I'm trying to say. All of it that comes out of my mouth would be nothing but noise. You know, I might be able to explain deep meanings from the word of God. I might be able to show you all that my faith in God is very strong. Faith that can move mountains. I might even be able to amaze my audience with my understanding of biblical terminologies. I might be able to bring new meanings. I might be able to amaze people so that when they go back, all that they would say would be, Wow, did you hear what he preached today? Wasn't it amazing? Wasn't the story good? Wasn't those words fantastic? But if I am not able to show love, let me say like this, brothers and sisters, I am immature. I am an immature believer. And that was something that was convicting me when I was, when I was preparing this, is that if for the last four to five years that I have stood here and if I've been preaching and if the only thing that you have gotten from me are good stories, good understanding of, of, of certain words, then I have failed. What matters more than anything else that I can actually say from here is when I get out of this pulpit is to be able to reach to you and to everyone with the attitude of love. Because attitude, because love is a mature action. You know, um, three doctors were standing by the tea stall after work and they were having tea. And as they were having tea and talking about their day, they, they saw a man limping and com coming towards the hospital. So one of the doctors, the first doctor that was standing there, looked at this uh, other two and he said, you know what, I think he's got arthritis. That's the reason why he's limping. So the second doctor immediately said, no, 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 no. You look at him, you look at that left ankle of his, it's a sprain. Because of the sprain, that's the reason why he's limping. 
So the third doctor said, no, 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 it's not a sprain. I think this is a clear fracture. You see, he's not able to put weight on his foot. It's a fracture. So this man who was limping limped up to the doctors and said, do you know a good cobbler shop nearby? Because my chapel is broken. And that's you and me many a times, right? Many a times you and I could stand here, you and I could look at people, you and I could be in CBF, you and I can make sense of a lot of things. But many a times there are things that you and I do that has absolutely no love. And I want to remind us in the light of God's holy word that it is not eloquence, it is not speech, it is not faith that can move mountains. Nothing of these matter if it is not done with the attitude of love. All that I can actually do is fool you into thinking is and ultimately fool myself. But God desires that you and I, whatever is it that we speak, we say, we do, we do it with an attitude of love. I've used this statement here before and I just want to say it again. No one really cares how much we know or you know unless they know how much you care. No one really cares how much you know unless they know how much you care. Brothers and sisters, you look at the first three verses. Three times it says, Without love, I am a resounding gong. Without love, I am nothing. And without love, I gain nothing. I absolutely gain nothing. Can I encourage all of us in the light of what we hear right now to add along all of these things that God has given to us to do what we do, to put on the attitude of love. So that when I stand here and when I speak that I'm able to love you after I speak, that I'm able to follow with you. That you and I will bear with one another. Reach out to those who are struggling, suffering, who might be living in sin. To share the gospel of the Lord Jesus, to talk about love. So that people can look at my life, your life and our life in CBF. And they can see that love is a mature action in and through my life. Number two. Love is not only a mature action, but love is an eternal attribute. You look at verses 8 to 10. Love is an eternal attribute, verses 8 to 10. Look at what the word of God says. Love, it never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. The imperfect disappears. That's what the word of God says. You know, one thing we need to understand about spiritual gifts is that spiritual gifts will one day cease. Because when the purpose of spiritual gifts has been fulfilled, it will cease to function. God has given born-again believers spiritual gifts so that you and I can encourage, love one another to grow. And when the time comes, you know, the purpose of spiritual gifts will come to an end. I want you to notice three words that is used there. It is talking about prophecy. It is talking about knowledge. It is talking about tongues. Foundational, temporary gifts. And if you remember in Acts chapter 2, we had studied as to how temporary gifts were needed at the birth, at the time of the birth of the church. And today, we do not find its use as much as it was used in Acts chapter 2. It was not much visible. It is not much visible today as it was visible in Acts chapter 2. But then again, in that portion, you also see a word perfect, right? 
you look into your Bibles, it says, when the perfect will come. When the perfect comes, the imperfect will be taken away. Now, so that we don't misunderstand, the word imperfect does not mean useless, without value. No, that's not what it means. That which was there at that point of time is now taken over with something else that is to come. And that something else that would come is called as the perfect. That which is better than that which is there before. Now listen to me very carefully. Some would suggest that perfection talks about the completion of the 66 books of the Bible. Some people would say when the perfect comes, it is talking about the completion. When the 66 books was complete, when the canon was complete, that is what perfection would mean. Now what they are trying to say is that the 66 books is perfect and the 66 books today does the job of the temporary gifts. That is what some people would say. That it comes today being the perfect and it takes away that which is the imperfect. Some would also say that the word perfection not refers, does not refer to the Bible but talks about the heavenly state that the believers will be. Or as I would like to add the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why do they say that? Because when the Lord Jesus comes back into this earth, the believers at that time will attain a state of perfection, our eternal state. We will become perfect at that point of time. Well, at that point of time, you might read that portion of scripture and you say, well, if the perfection, when the perfection com comes, only then the imperfect goes. So does that mean that if perfect means it's talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus, that knowledge prophecy and tongues will continue to exist? Well, no, that's not what it means. You look at verse 8 and I'll just read that verse again. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now, if you look at the construction of that statement in the original language, prophecies, listen to me carefully, prophecies are set to cease. Knowledge is set to pass away and tongues are still, uh, are are said to be stilled. You know, Paul uses one Greek verb to talk about prophecy and knowledge and a completely different Greek verb in regards to the completion of tongues. I don't explain those Greek terms, but the understanding that Paul is trying to make here is that prophecy and knowledge will be inoperative and abolished by an external force, but the gift of tongues will seize on its own even before the perfection comes is what apostle paul is trying to say that's what apostle paul is trying to say even before the perfection comes the word that is used here allows us to understand that by itself tongues will come to cease so when the perfect comes prophecy and knowledge are actively ended but tongues already would have ceased by then if you ask me when did that happen I'm not able to give you that answer. But that is not what matters to us. Immaturity is trying to say, no, let's, let's discuss and debate about it. The mature thing is to look at what is written in that passage. Because even though knowledge, prophecy and tongues is mentioned there and what the perfect could be is something you and I could debate. Love, described in the chapter, is an eternal attribute. It is absolutely an eternal attribute. Therefore, that is the attribute you and I need to follow in our Christian life. Apostle Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verses 1, Follow the way of love. 
You know that word follow the way of love in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1? In the NASB translation it says, pursue love. Pursue love. And in the amplified version it says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire love. Or as the word of God says, you know when you and I desire to show love to one another, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31, it says, we are showing the most excellent way. Most excellent way. Every believer, every believer who, who characterizes love will carry that mark with them for all eternity. Why? Because one day spiritual gifts will come to an end. One day all of these things would come to an end. And the only thing that will endure forever and ever is love. Well, it is good that you and I run behind or uh, desire spiritual gifts. Well, it's good that you and I discover spiritual gifts. It's good that you and I exhibit spiritual gifts within the church of God. But if you and I do not pursue love, remember that spiritual gifts is not something we can take along with us to heaven. But when you and I stand at the judgment seat, the Lord Jesus is not going to ask, how many of us spoke in tongues? What kind of sermons did we preach? The only thing that the Lord will ask you is, He gave us an attribute, an eternal attribute. And what did you and I do with that attribute while we were alive on this earth, serving in Calvary Bible Fellowship? Does people in my church know that I am a loving brother, a loving believer? A minister that shows love? Or am I somebody who stands in the front and just makes a lot of noise? Doesn't seem to make any sense to what people are trying to say. Am I merely someone who can grab your attention with my words? Am I someone who can show you that I have a lot of knowledge, but somehow I'm not able to exhibit the love that I preach about from the word of God? I want to encourage each and every one of us that love is an eternal attribute. And more than anything else, let you and I reach out to practice love in our Christian life. Let me also add and tell all of us, it is not waiting for somebody in church to show me love. It is not treating others the way I feel I need to be treated. Even before anybody can do anything or goes out of the way, I as a believer, as a member of Calvary Bible Fellowship, I will not wait for others to minister to me. I will learn to show love. Because at the end of it all, that is the only attribute I will carry with me unto all eternity. Love is a mature action. Number two, love is an eternal attribute. And number three, love is looking at Jesus. Love is looking at Jesus. Probably the reason why you and I do not know how to show love or you and I have various definitions of love, or you and I have different standards for love is because we look at ourselves or love according to this world. So therefore, can I encourage all of us <coughs> to take a moment and to look at Jesus? Let me read for you verses 11 and 12. First Corinthians 13, verses 11 and 12. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Brothers and sisters, can I encourage all of us? Can you just all take one minute and can we all look at Jesus? 
Apostle Paul uses the phrase, we shall see him face to face. There is going to be a day when we will see Jesus face to face. He is talking about our future glory. I agree to that. He does talk about our future glory. But I want all of us to take a minute and look at Jesus right now. And can I ask all of us, do we regularly look at Jesus? Is Jesus someone that we look to daily? And if there is anybody sitting here who has never looked at Jesus before, can you take a moment and look at him right now? If there is any of us who've been hearing about Jesus, listening about Jesus, understanding Jesus as someone from the Bible, well, that is not enough. Can I encourage you to look at the cross? Because Jesus is the best, perfect demonstration of perfect love. Because all that we are talking about is love. And even though I could show it to you in some way, Jesus is the perfect demonstration of love. Jesus did not merely love with words, but Jesus was someone who gave his life on the cross as a substitute for my sin, for our sins and our shame, and for dying for the penalty of our sin. As we were reminded from Romans chapter 3, Jesus is the perfect demonstration of perfect love. As I was reading in a book this week, it's like God desiring to have a family. And what God did when he decided to have a family is his son coming into this world and adopting people into that family of God. Because you and I never deserve to be part of the family of God. You and I were born in our sin. All of us, Romans chapter 3 verse 23, were born in our sin and our shame. And the only way how you and I can become a part of the family of God is through adoption. It is Jesus signing the paper. It is Jesus saying, I am willing to take you because I know nobody else wants to take you. And I am willing to receive you however you are willing to come. And if there is anybody sitting here who has never looked at the face of the Lord Jesus, I want to encourage you to do exactly the same thing. Look at Jesus. Number two, can I encourage you? Look into his word. Look into his word. You look, at the, you look at the phrase that Apostle Paul uses here when he talks about the mirror. You know, in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 13, the word of God says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage all of us, let us not become happy in remaining as babes in regards to spiritual matter. Some of us have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ a long time ago. Well, if that is the case, God desires that we don't remain as babes. I hope some of us are still not crawling. I hope some of us are still finding it fearful to let go of the chair and take those few steps. No, let's not remain babes in regards to spiritual matters. We should, we, what happens is we become inexperienced in living the life that God desires, righteousness. And maybe some of us are happy just by drinking milk. But solid food, the word of God says, is for the mature. The word of God also, through its constant use and learnings, matures us to make godly decisions, make decisions that in turn gives the glory to God. The word of God is one way how also along with a lot of other things that we can use, we must use. We open the scriptures daily. Read the word of God. And it is the word of God that allows you and me to become a mature Christian. So that from childhood, we move on 
to spiritual adulthood maturity can i encourage us to look at jesus can i encourage us to look at the word and i also want to encourage us to look inside look inside yourself you know god is surely speaking to each and every one of you in a different way the same word of god is speaking to you in a very different way because even though i am speaking i know that i am not aware of anybody's spiritual need here right now god knows and the spirit of god is speaking to all of us whatever may be god is dealing with you right now in the light of what god is saying one thing that i want all of us to do in the light of what we heard is to put childish ways behind us you get that that's one thing that i want all of us to do when i was a child i talked i reasoned i behaved like a child but now that i have become a man i have put childish ways behind us and that's what i want to encourage you to do stop living the life of a child stop drinking milk desire solid food stop making excuses calvary bible fellowship and saying no i can't no i don't want to no i'm happy with this no let's learn to put all childish ways behind us you know in the light of 1st corinthians 13 one way how we can do that is by changing the way we talk changing the way we think and changing the way we reason let us put aside carnal conversations jokes that you and i often make pulling one another's legs saying things that we don't mean promises that we can't keep let's put it all aside let's put aside worldly thinking carnal thinking sinful thinkings and let's put aside all of our egoistic battles that is there within us and let us strive to think talk and reason like jesus so that everybody knows that if jobin says something jobin means it that if jobin makes a promise jobin will keep his promise that jobin is not only someone who talks big stuff but jobin is someone who can show christ like love let's change that let's learn to let go of it change the way we think change the way we talk and the way we reason you know to put things behind you is also as it says in philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 forgetting what is behind and striving towards what is ahead jesus is the only one who can fill any void or emptiness inside our hearts lamentations 3 and verse 40 the word of god says let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the lord so i want to encourage all of us to come to the lord jesus today with a childlike faith and let us ask the lord jesus to teach us to grow not just to grow but to become mature adults when jesus is the hand that we hold on to we have nothing to worry about our future because he knows the way let us pray that we would not only grow that cbf would not only grow but that all of us would become mature in christ as we look forward to that day when you and i will see him face to face Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to remember your sacrifice for us on the cross. We once again acknowledge that it is your redemptive work 
shown for us wretched sinners on the cross. Nothing that we have done, nothing that we could do, simply by the grace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for spiritual birth that you have given to us and for the reminder from the table. Father, we thank you that we can grow and we confess that many of us, many a times, we have not grown much. A lo- so many of us. We confess that many a times we desire milk alone. We are afraid of solid meat or, or we are lazy to eat. Father, we pray that at every point in time, we will learn to show love as a mature action through our life. Enable us to understand that we will not carry anything else from this world except love. And we pray that we would always look at your face. We would always look into your word and we would always look inside ourselves. Father, I pray for my dear friends who are probably here for the first time or have been coming here or hearing this message for the very first time and I pray that the gospel would be real to them. And Lord, if, I, and if there is anyone here who are who have not yet become a part of the family of God, I pray that they would also believe in you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, we look forward to the day when we will see you face to face. We believe that today can be that day. And what a joy it would be if you are to come today. But Lord, if you choose to tarry for reasons that's known only, for, only known to you, if you choose to tarry for one more week, pray that all of us in the light of what we've heard today would grow into maturity to become more like Christ. And our only desire through the way that we live, through the way that we talk, the way that we think, the way that we reason, is to give you the glory, the praise and the honor. Accept our praise and our worship as we offer it through Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.